Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about season 10, episode 22, titled Here's Negan. Aaron, this is the one that everybody said was good. The bonus episode. They were like, don't bother with the other shitty ones. This is the one you want to see. You've seen it. What'd you think? Uh, it kind of lived up to the hype. I thought it was a really good episode. Uh, it's not often I've seen Jeffrey Dean Morgan allowed to fly like this. Um, there's he bounces a, a lot. He doesn't get off the ground very much, though. Yeah, <laughs> he does. He kind of he's like a tigger, you know. He just uh, mm-hmm. he's bouncy, flouncy, trouncy, pouncy, fun, 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 fun. One of the most wonderful things about Negan is he gets a showcase episode. Uh, I got some a little minor quibbles. There's a little Conair bullshit where like the main, you know, I guess uh, inciting experience of Negan's life uh, where he beats the shit out of somebody and loses his job. I, I feel like was for bizarre uh, to me reasons, but the show seems like that was a self-evident. Oh, that anyone, anyone could understand, you know, what she, Guy, guy was talking over your lady's song. Of course you. Um, but I and, and there's a little bit like I didn't quite like the bullshitty way the episode ended with him and Maggie kind of like in a stare down. I don't know about that, but like the actual thing about Negan, pretty amazing, even though, mm-hmm. man, like when we were in our like, I think our fourth nested flashback, I'm like, <laughs> this fucking thing better pay off or I am going to come out hard. Yeah. This is some ridiculous shit I'm watching. This was like, Tenet. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like side-eyeing this thing going, hmm, you're trying to pull a Nolan <laughs> kind of thing here. I'm not sure if it's going to work. Exactly. But when exactly. we started to like sort of traverse uh, back up from limbo, I guess, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, this is working. This, this is pretty cool. Yeah, and, and I guess, uh, you know, the, the thing that uh, really makes this thing sing is that uh, it, they had... Uh, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's real life, real life wife. Jesus, that's a that's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. And he has just, uh, you know, insane chemistry with her. Like it sure. was a completely believable relationship because I guess it's a completely believable relationship. Um, you know, so like I don't know how much acting he had to do. And and uh, that's probably probably a lot of fun for a husband wife duo to do in the pandemic to get together and finally oh, I'll see what you do at work. And uh, I mean, that's on. one way to keep your bubble pretty tight, huh? Is yeah. like, well, your bubble's gonna it's be true. your wife, and they, I, I hear they had uh, their kid be the cameraman, so it was all, <laughs> it was all good. And how the way it retroactively paid off some of the moments with Samantha Morton's uh, Alpha, you know, when uh, you know, like I think Negan said something about having a thing for bald chicks. <laughs> 
Like there was a lot of stuff to where like I thought they were making the where maybe he didn't have to fake some of that stuff. A lot of that stuff. Um, Uh uh, uh, Or he was drawn on that. And it it kind of like deepened my appreciation of his character. So like, yeah, I I thought it was fun to see uh, Mr. Morgan here. Mr. Dean Morgan uh, get to to really stretch his stuff. Because I I mean, I've seen every time I've seen Jeffrey Dean Morgan, he's been this guy. Mm -hmm. Like whether it was the comedian and Watchmen, whether it's Negan and The Walking Dead, he's always this kind of like self-assured, anti-heroic, caustic. But but very charming and funny, hard ass and uh, getting to see a slightly different side of that was was really good. And, I, and again, I, I I wasn't sure the episode could sustain the narrative weight it was taking on, but I think it did. It did. It, it, yeah. it pulled it off. Yeah, I, I think this felt like uh, it could have easily been a mainline episode. I didn't really look at this as a bonus episode about 15 minutes into it. I was like, man, if they had run this at the you know second to last episode of season ten uh, in the main season, I would have been totally happy with it. And yeah. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, man, I, I'm I've always been impressed with his stuff, uh, but this is like kind of next level for what I've seen him do. Um, you know, in Watchmen, he's got like two gears basically. In this, I swear he has like three to five gears. Mm-hmm. He's he's got to play like three to five different dudes at any given time in this episode, and he nails every single one of them. Yeah, and it's like you know, I, they they did it. I think they walked a tricky tightrope because this episode could have easily gone the Han Solo territory or the Solo movie ter- territory where they feel like they have to explain every like oh yeah. Morgan, uh, you know, uh, Negan's a trash talker because he played Call of Duty with a bunch of fucking disaffected 13 year olds. Oh, yeah. And like, I thought they were going to maybe do that a little bit too much. Like, oh, why is Han Solo's last name Solo? Because Mm -hmm. a fucking Imperial officer Ellis Island moment. But they didn't. It was like just enough. And again, everything just like I feel like retroactively makes Negan an even better character. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think he's always been a strong character. But like this show did violence to him. Yeah. And half of season seven and most of season eight where you're just like, I'm tired of seeing this guy. We made fun of his hydraulic fucking bullet because he uh, you know he had a couple things he leaned on Mm -hmm. when they were having his character just do this fucking muddy yard job in the plot. and. It it got a little bit much, but I'm actually so relieved to see him become an actual fucking character in the last two seasons. It's been it's been fun to see. Yeah. And if they were going to do this episode, which they kind of needed to, because you you want the backstory for Negan. Right. And we've heard it talked about sort of uh, on the fringes, but we needed to know more about his wife and what, you know, made him Negan and. If you're going to do that, you got to do it right. And I think they did, despite this being a pandemic bonus episode. Now, I will say the one thing that like, so we're talking about this episode in in isolation. I really liked it a lot. I do have a little bit of concerns for where this is putting him and and Maggie, because Mm -hmm. as I recall, Maggie forgave Negan or not forgave him, but kind of made peace with it and like had an opportunity to kill him, didn't take it. Uh, was content to see him rot in jail. And it's been like, what, six, seven years after that? Um, I mean, maybe it's just seeing him out and open and reintegrating yeah. into the society. That's, But like, I don't know that I believe that she's going to just go full on murder revenge 
Um, well, you well, let's take this with a grain of salt. Everything Carol says, right? Because you got to see it through the lens of Carol. If Carol yeah. were Maggie, that's certainly what she would do. But I also think, and maybe this is true to Negan's character. I also like again the final moments of the show where he's like doing a stare down of the widow. I'm like, I may, maybe not smirk at her, right? Uh, are you wanting to make an? Are you actually wanting to check out of the cabin in some kind of permanent, or are you wanting to start a fucking fight and kill a beloved, a political leader of the community? Because that's what you're, that's what you're trying to do, Negan. So it's yeah. like I, the last two seasons have been remarkably free of that kind of frustrating bullshit. Um, and if it comes back, I hope they're fine with me hating Negan or thinking he's a big fucking prick because uh, I think if he goes forward with this, then it's going to undo a lot of like kind of my, ah, I've come around in this Negan guy business, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right. I think we should get into the recap. Let's do it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints. Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved the venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. So we start off with Maggie walking little Herschel around the property, giving uh, Negan the stink eye. Carol takes notice and, and takes uh, Negan out to Daryl's ex-lovers. Is it Leah? It's Leah. Leah, okay. Her, her cabin in the woods and says, uh, you've been banished by the council, which I think he knows is bullshit immediately. And then Carol leaves him in the cabin with a rabbit. 
did did Carol discuss that with uh, with Daryl? Like, you know, is Daryl going to come with you? You, you did what? You did what with my love shack, Carol? What? You know, right. like, I, I I don't know. Like, doesn't she have a fucking sad lady cabin uh-huh. on the outskirts of the kingdom that she could donate? She has to give Daryl's ex-lover the only person he's ever bonded. Like, ah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I was pretty pissed off about that, to be honest, because I almost looked it up like that can't be Leah's cabin. One on the Wikipedia because totally I can do that now. It's fucking Leah's cabin. Yeah. Didn't like it. Uh, uh-huh. Also. Yeah. Missed opportunity. I thought to have Maggie and Herschel Jr.'s song be You Are My Sunshine instead of Doodlebug. Okay. They could have retroactively it. made Maggie care, give a little bit of a shit for Beth. <laughs> if, if, you know, she had started like have a little continuity. I was like, oh, come on. It's Doodlebug's right there. I right. I mean, Beth, Beth died first, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Like, come on, honor your sister. Like, I get Herschel's dead, but well, name, actually, name the kid Herschel might have died first. He might, he might have. Yeah, I, I can't think remember. he didn't make it out of the. Did, did, he didn't make it out of the, uh, the, the prison that the yeah. governor killed him yeah. as one yeah. of his last acts. Totally um, fucked up. What the other thing about I, I do I did appreciate uh, Negan correctly surmising that is this a official council kind of thing or is this kind of. Carol taking the 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 reins kind of thing, uh, and the way yeah. she just kind of smiled in her turn. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, it's it it was a good episode hook, but it also does not show much in the way of personal growth from one Carol Pelvier. <laughs> right. She's still just unilaterally <laughs> doing shit. Yeah, banishing, executing, assassinating. Yeah. She's like fucking the. Yeah, I don't know, the hand of the king or something. But it's, it's wild the kind of authority she has. Right. Uh, so Negan's drinking by the fire. What, what's he drinking? Is it, is it bathtub gin? Is that what he's got? Mm. I like to think maybe it's just water and the phases he's making when he's drinking are like, I know there are microorganisms <laughs> in this. They're probably going to make me shit my guts out. <laughs> right. This is the, I wonder <clears throat> if uh, I'm drinking the Daryl backwash. Right. It's been marinating a couple of years. Ugh. I don't know. He's drinking something by the fire. He's confronted by his former savior self uh, with a big I told you so. And mm. former Negan tries to convince new Negan that he's nothing without seal. I thought they did a really good job of doing a de-aging effect with, with Jeffrey Dean Morgan and make up and die. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's I mean, it's not like they're trying to the erase. They're, they're not trying to like erase four decades or anything, no. but like it, the clear continuity between uh, delusion Negan and actual Negan, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, the <laughs> motorcycle jacket helps. The bat helps. All that stuff. Uh, he, he actually, he does have the bat in this scene, right? I yeah. think so. Maybe he doesn't because like he's making a point about we're nothing without Lucille. Yeah, it could be. I uh, can't remember. But then. He decides, yeah, um, I guess he's right. So he goes out. We get we get a flashback to Rick slashing his throat and Michonne saying, hey, we don't have your bat. It's still out there. And so Negan goes out to the tree, um, you know, the the stained glass tree with a shovel and searches for Lucille. And it takes a while. It, it's like the worst game of Battleship ever. But he it's eventually like Dis- it's, it's like the camp from Walt Disney's Holes, the movie like there's no like archaeological grid. There's no kind of rhyme no. or is it. You're right. It's just like playing a shitty battleship. Right. Yeah, but he finds her finds Lucille. Uh, 
you know, it's always bothered me, the throat cut. I, I don't know how you feel mm. felt about this, and I can't remember us talking about it very much. Yeah, we, uh, yeah. It's, it seems really hard to cut someone's throat in a way that doesn't kill them. Right. Just saying. Well, if you let your mercy overcome your wrath, you'll you'll make that fractional depth difference between slicing a jugular and just nicking a windpipe. Right. Um, no, it's always I think we t- said that was a bullshit like wound. Yeah. You know, it, it's more like Glenn dumps dump. You know, you want like, oh, the audience to be like, oh, my God, Rick did it. He fucking slit his throat, beheaded him. And then right. nah, like to be able to walk it back two seconds later. Yeah. The show used to love to do that. They don't do that kind of shit anymore, which is nice. So it's bold of the show. The rabbits, rabbits, uh, our face in it. You know, yeah. it's like yeah, the dog pisses, the dog pisses the carpet. And you grab little Billy and rub his face in. It. It's like I, what I, 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 what are you trying to teach me here? Show you, you used to suck, and you, you've sucked me back in. You tricked me. Yeah. Made, you've tricked me to watching four, four and a half bad episodes out of the last six. I don't know. I'm side, True. side eyeing you. Uh, and then we start the the Christopher Nolan shit. Twelve years earlier, Negan's being held by some bikers. He's begging for his life. He apparently lied to these people about where he got the medicine for his wife's cancer. The guy threatens to destroy the medicine if he doesn't come clean with their location. So Negan says, hey, I've been tracking this group with drugs for the clinic for weeks. Um, this guy... I, I like this guy. I don't know who this actor is. Uh, some Crawford or something like that. But uh, this guy gives me like a Ray Liotta. Uh, Merle, like a combination of Merle and Ray okay. Liotta sort of thing. Who is the guy who was in the original Blade and was on True Detective season two? Steven, Steven Dorf. He's kind of a poor man Stephen Dorf, which is kind of is, which is which is a damning scathing indictment of him. But I, I know what you mean. Yeah. He's got that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, where it's like, yeah, you probably were a big bad boss of a season of Sons of Anarchy or something. You're, yeah. You probably smoked uh, a lot of blue cigarettes. <laughs> I actually thought cigarettes. it was it was very cute, even though I knew it was not what they were. But like when they had this big hulking biker guy with like a one percenter jacket walking in, it's like, you're what? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Negan was a fucking biker boss or something. Now he's getting the shit nice. beat out of him by a biker boss. Yeah. It's also it also kind of like, um, again, this is a very gimmicky episode. And if you're at it with The Walking Dead, then I don't. But I actually thought they stuck most of the landings of the nested story. And one of the more effective ones is. It was a good bit into the episode and several levels deep into, you know, limbo before I realized, are we before or after the zombie apocalypse? Yeah, yeah. You know, because between Negan's kind of shady, shifty nature and the American health insurance system, (laughs) I I, like, okay, he's stealing cancer medicine, but I've seen Breaking Bad. This could just be, you know, he fucking lost his job because he beat up. Yeah. So like I. But so I thought all that stuff worked. That was like I was keep it was having me guessing, but not in a frustrated way. More of like, huh, I wonder. And oh, okay, yeah. And, you, and the entire time, like again, not in a frustrating way, or not in like a oh shit, they'll never pull this off kind of way. But it had me kind of also thinking about the structure of this episode a little bit. And every time mm-hmm. they would go one level deeper, I'd be like, whew, they got a long yeah. way to go to dig themselves out of this nested flashback right. thing." Right. And I kind of knew I kind of could tell what they were going to try with it. So I knew they mm-hmm. would eventually dig themselves out of it. Uh, and I could see it's like 
almost exactly the halfway mark of this episode, they start uh-huh. flashing forward again through these right. nested like I said, flashbacks. Not all of this stuff works. I'm going to deride some of it, but a lot, but but a lot of it doesn't. I tell you the yeah, other thing so. about this. This is the first episode where they felt like they had a full fucking script. Yeah. And they weren't just like, well, let's just have Melissa McBride roll around the table for five minutes because fuck me. We only have 32 minutes and that's not enough. We got to have yeah. you can't have one to one commercial and, and content mix. We've tried it. It don't work. They spit the dog food out. So <laughs> this one actually felt like <laughs> it was Tabasco. <laughs> um, I, I, this one actually felt like it was a, it, it, it had something to say and it was yeah. actually slightly longer than your average episode. So, oh. you know, uh, it was, I think it was like 49 minutes of runtime. So, and, and, and none of it felt wasted or I was bored. And no. again, literally the first episode of the bonus episodes, I can say that that didn't feel like it had a yeah. bit of fat on it. So I think this is a story they wanted to tell and probably, you know, this was more than your average kind of webisode of like, Jesus Christ, we need to get to think, think people think, what can we have two people do in the woods? You know, yeah. this, this, they had, they had a good solid idea for. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently this guy's name, there's a little confusion about this guy's name. So it's, it's either Craven or Baxter, depending on where you look, because in the subtitles on Amazon, it says Craven. Gotcha. But when you go to the x-ray feature, it says Baxter and Baxter Hmm. was the name that they used for this character during the casting call. But Craven is the name they use on like the fandom Wikipedia. Interesting. Is Craven his actual real name, or is that just because Jeffrey Dean Morgan calls him uh, Negan? Uh, you know, I says think that's that he's a cow. Supposed to be the character's name. Why? That's such a wild name for a biker boss, Craven. Yeah, Yellow uh, Belly. <laughs> hey, hey, you want to sell drugs in our territory? You got to talk to Yellow Belly, man. <laughs> you got to talk to shit shits his pants. Hey, you. Hey, man. <laughs> you know whose territory you're in, brother? Just call him like I see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, would, I do wonder if it's a shout out to Wes Craven, right? It's a uh, oh. modern horror. Okay. Uh, yeah, they do master. like to do that. They do like to do that, sure. Yeah. So then we get another flashback to two or three days ago where Negan's waving a gun around at the guy that he's tracking, um, who we'll find out is Franklin, but he gets jumped by barcode. Barcode. Yeah. I don't remember her fucking name. It's like Negan's Shitty neck tat. right uh-huh. hand, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, after Dwight fucked him or something. Yeah, we have some feedback where we had that that kind of trade uh, just co- uh, happenstance this week. We got it to kind of trade tracks the drift of different people's nicknames. Oh boy, through, through the series. So we'll get to that in the feedback section. But nice. uh, that was. I don't know. They didn't really do much with it. Like, I guess it explains how he got an early follower. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I but, liked it. It, it was yeah. like they didn't have to say it. Just showing the barcode tattoo is like, oh, she eventually like joins up with him and probably yeah. Franklin does, too. And this is the start of the saviors. Yeah. Yeah. And how they you could see that maybe their mission had drifted like maybe like yeah. uh, for, they were a completely altruistic outfit. They got jacked and tortured and now Negan's going to be the strong man. And then how much is like, you know, well, hey, doc, we could do a hell of a lot. You could do a hell of a lot more good with uh, Lucille in a polite world word than we can with a polite word. And it just kind of goes from there. Yeah. Because um, I always and thought that was idea a, of like better safe than sorry for cracking Negan over the head. Yeah. 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 So like, again, they don't really 
they, they just leave the horse there. They don't force it to drink. And that's kind of refreshing for this show, too. Right. Hey, I got to make a couple connections without it being spelled out. That's nice. Sure is. Uh, they take him inside uh, wait, and they attend to his medical needs. Th- th- uh, yeah. I, I don't understand. Why was Negan like borderline hallucinating about the, you know, dummies, the, the fake lookouts? I, I Well, they say he's like got malnutrition and exposure to the elements and exhaustion. I, I get the feeling that he's been out here for those six weeks that we're about to like flashback. I felt like and maybe this is just a double stuffed episode. They didn't have enough time, but like I felt like I needed a couple of transit where he was just gone on the road, kind of like the sun beating down on him. So mm-hmm. they really sell that because it felt like he just started ro- robo tripping. Right. Like the, sh- the, the shit finally hit him. You know, it, it, it kicked in. But yeah, he, he yeah. took the last of the chemo meds with him and was <laughs> sucking on that to keep him going. Yeah, why not? They're going to go bad anyway. Right. See, so you, you know, maybe you can get high off that shit. I don't know, but yeah, that, that's what I think. Just exposure and shit. Um, yeah, so they take him inside, attend to his medical needs, and Negan explains the situation with his wife and how everything was going fine until dot, dot, dot. Yeah, and this is good because they, they also established that he's kind of very, very Walter White. He's a high school teacher, or in yeah. this case, a gym teacher. He's he'd probably be the one that... Because of course up. he fucking was, right? Of course he's a gym teacher, yeah. Yeah, you're starting to get a picture of, of Negan here. Mm-hmm. Um. So the high school gym teacher, he he tried to stick him up, but it's a, it was an unloaded gun. So it wasn't, there's no no chance he was actually going to shoot these these nice people. He's just trying to scare him. So like a lot a lot of this stuff was like, okay, I, I appreciate them doing a lot to very carefully characterize Negan. Yeah, um, that he's not like a bad dude. He's not like exceptional exceptional badass. He's just kind of like a a, a dude. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely a flawed guy in his old life. We'll talk about some of that, but also, also seems not, like a pretty good dude once the shit hits the fan. Yeah. And, and you know, we, we've had some fun with our uh, high school gym teachers on this podcast so far and over the years. And I'm sure there's a lot of good high school uh, gym teachers. But the, the, the stereotype is, uh, you know, they're teaching gym because, uh, you know, Somebody's got to, and uh, they they actually have uh, experts in the 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 English department and the math department, and you know just just rubbing sweaty bodies together. Let's let's set the sure. Negan over that. But th- I think this episode goes out of the way to show that that's not this is not a meathead, unthoughtful gym teacher. Yeah. You know, he actually He's is smart, smart enough to figure out chemo and run the pumps and keep it going and get a system in the apocalypse and. So he's not he's not stupid. I don't think anyone thought that. But no, I mean, in his earlier life, when we see like flashbacks to before the apocalypse there, you get the impression that he's just like a slacker kind of guy who, you know, could do good things if he put his mind to it. But he doesn't see a reason to. Uh, He's he's definitely a shit. Um, He's a cheating asshole for sure. But like, yeah, yeah, I don't get the impression that he is not very capable. Right, right. So uh, six weeks earlier, Negan is tending to his wife, keeping the zombies from congregating by shutting down the generator intermittently. And she keeps telling him, uh, go outside and kill those zombies. We're going to have to eventually. And he finally decides to go out there and kill it. But he's so bad at it that his cancer riddled wife has to come outside and save him. It's ridiculous. Um. Yeah, it's just like the choice was, yeah, it's so funny. The choice was between watching a James Bond movie or him reading 
I think it's Pride and Prejudice to her. Is it? Okay. And, and uh, yeah, Mr. Con- yeah, Charlotte, Mr. Collins has to be. Hmm. And he's like, oh, mama, this book sucks. And she's like, well, then you got to go k- kill the zombie. It's funny. I don't know. Like, he's so squeamish. And I was con- I was not sure if the episode is going to tell the tale of her being disgusted with his like lack of conventional masculinity hmm. and that she was going to get die as a result of that and that was going to turn him into the ultra masculine fucking ne- I, I felt like they were going a little bit that but they they didn't they didn't commit to it it's more of just like you know he had the later explanation of like oh, i'm just scared if i if i get used to doing this what might happen um mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of other things like for example they had the they had the generator stuffed in a box and then like covered in blankets do they Gen- not know that generators, generators are like internal combustion engines that can very much overheat and need like radiators or air coolant and stuff like that? Like I thought and, that was and don't they need air like to to actually yeah, do probably, the combustion? <laughs> yeah, like I'm I'm sure it's like enough to but like yeah, like you got you want to muffle the generator so it doesn't attract the zombies, but you also don't want your fucking generator to to burn up. So right, but again, I don't I don't know if these if, if any of these people in the show have been out in the fucking woods, but uh. I don't know. They're burning generator gas to watch James Bond movies. So well, but they have to, right? I mean, because I, I was about to jump on that too, but I'm like, well, they have to keep the fridge going, right? Right. Yeah, and that and the generator is going to burn with the generator burns. So like, what's the fucking well DVD? You know, might as well make my cancer ridden wife, as he said, get comfortable. Sure. But um, but his get up, his zombie killing get up with goggles. the fucking. Jesus Christ! His Doctor Horrible sing along blog goggles and his trench coat and Love he's. It trying to get it done with a hammer and a knife and he just can't do it which is um, exactly opposite of what we've seen of every other zombie kill right these, these skeletons right. are basically mush but i guess right. this is early on this is early on and he's like you know they're, it's they're still trying to like kind of like avoid and maybe ride this out and maybe th- mm-hmm. I, it's so I, I'll, I'll give him a pass on some of that stuff but like yeah, i mean they're still in their house like yeah, if you notice, they're in the I house so. in the basement that he's playing video games in before this whole thing goes down, right? So is this so? His name canonically Negan Smith. Oh, was that on the mailbox? I didn't even look. It's like when he knocked it off, it was uh, uh, yeah, Negan's later to reveal it as Negan Smith. Uh, as he drove by the, <laughs> it said the Smiths as he as he smashed as he smashed the mailbox off his own. What mailbox, family so. has the last name Smith and is creative enough to come up with the name Negan? I don't know. Is Negan? I feel like Negan's got to be a real name, right? You think so? I've never heard that name. But I haven't. Maybe. Yeah, but it could be like a like a like I don't know. It feels Gaelic to me, kind of like Seamus or something. Yeah, you know, like Negan. Hey, hey, hey Begora, Negan. Negan, get Negan off of the yeah, it's, it's off the Blarney Stone, whatever the fuck it is. Throw this uh, log, Negan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sure, uh, we just lost all of our Scottish. Scottish Listeners. and Irish, and both, probably yeah. a good chunk of the Brits too. Oh, well. Why not? The, sp- <laughs> the smart ones have stopped listening to this a long time ago. It's true. Uh, okay, Negan searches for gas for the generator. Instead, he finds some weed, and his wife worries that gas is becoming scarce and wants to look for some other people. And Negan says, "Ah, eh, we'll leave after your final three treatments. We're almost done with this thing. You almost got that cancer beat." Mm-hmm. Uh, and that night he holds his wife and sings to her it's very sweet mm-hmm. uh, and I mean come on like this song I, I don't know what scene you could put this song over that wouldn't make it sweet uh, yeah and the fact that they bring it back for the last bit where she's you know is I, I thought 
extra extra good yeah i had someone joked on twitter um because i said that you know hey this episode lived up to the hype they're like uh we know why they were dumpster diving through you know the the closeout selection of adult Emily contemporary Kinney's. in yeah. starbucks because they were saving all their pennies to fucking license this shit and yeah. it was good it was good it was. So uh, kudos, kudos for them opening up the wallet and, and letting a few moths out. <laughs> right. Uh, so they eat some dog food for their anniversary dinner, which I, I don't know, not really their anniversary, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And Lucille gives him his motorcycle jacket as a gift. And Negan apologizes for hurting her in the past. She invites him to smoke some pot with her and then they make love like it's Saturday. Hmm. His fucking shirt. That's why that's why they're all dancing uh, Saturday night. I guess that's the that's the sex night. Is this the sex night for people? I guess so. Yeah. You got nothing to do. You're all rested up from your work week. You got nothing to do the next day. True. That's true. Maybe Saturday is the sexiest evening of the night just for that very reason. That's true. The full day recovery. You got a full day of doing nothing to look forward to. The true hump day. Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. It's not in the middle of the week. That's the worst time. It's the middle of the weekend. It's the hump day of the weekend. <laughs> it's the hump day of the weekend. It's the summit. Uh, <laughs> the entire week, if you really think about it. Um, I And I was actually, I was kind of like conflicted when I was watching this. I'm like, I kind of, I wonder if they'll flesh out some of this stuff that they're talking about or just leave it like nebulous that he was maybe a womanizer. Maybe he had hmm. a substance abuse problem, but whatever, like the zombie apocalypse is his rock bottom and his wife getting cancer. Um, and maybe I think it would have been a little better because I don't know, like all this, the, 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 that the, at the very bedrock of limbo, I thought the core nucleus of all the stuff was not super interesting or compelling, but I, I guess I'm, I'm putting the horse before the cart here. Yeah. I mean, I, I, they almost use it as like a before and after, right? Like the after is savior Negan. The before is this dude playing video games and cheating on his wife and and the guy you're supposed to identify with and be totally cool with is the dude he becomes after the zombie apocalypse happens because mm. that guy cares that guy is a good guy um yeah they they are using that as a before kind of milestone for him and i think it works mostly but you're right he, he just we jump in the middle of a story where he's kind of an asshole Mm-hmm. For unspecified reasons, then when I hear it, it's like, okay, well, that seems he lost his job because he got an assault charge, but I'm sure that's all justified. So it's he got to get bad. Then I hear the thing like, I don't know, he kind of had it coming. Okay, what am I supposed to feel here? Like, is he a bad? Yeah. Is he a? Because also it's like, oh, he's a deadbeat. But like, it seems like that's only when he lost his job. Mm-hmm. And he's a high school teacher who just beat the shit out of a kid's dad. So like, he's probably unemployable. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's like, yeah. It's like I, I felt like the more I found out about his circumstances, the less I was like, oh, well, this is a good guy. This is a hard time, and this is like, no, this is a guy who just habitually makes bad decisions and has got a kind of a hair trigger. Maybe that's what they wanted to tell the story of. But I felt like I don't know. I, I wish they'd come up with a little bit, like, well, you know, is he hot headed or is that something I would put up with? You know, like beating right. someone up over a jukebox is. So that's tough, Owen. And for his wife to be kind of cool with it, like, because every time she told the story, it wasn't like, Jesus Christ, you fucking violent, psychopathic asshole. Why did you have to do that? It's, you know, 
Mm, she was she she sat there and heard her two fucking songs. We'll put it that way. Yeah, I kept waiting for him to say put the bunny back in the box, and he never did. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Anyway, I love his shirt in this scene. It's like when I talk about him playing five different dudes in this one episode, the wardrobe goes a pretty long way when he's, you know, putting on silly wigs and having a good time with his sick wife. And he's wearing these fucking floral pattern shirts versus, you know, when he puts on the motorcycle jacket, right. Or when he's got his fucking work shirt on from modern Negan, uh, all those guys are very different and the wardrobe definitely helps. Yeah, that's uh, they don't need to do like a sepia tone or anything. They do it with uh, Jeffrey mm-hmm. Dean Morgan's level of dye in his beard and uh, the absence or presence of leather jacket or a work shirt. Yeah. Good stuff. The next morning, the freezer has failed. I guess th- th- it got so hot in their bed on Saturday night. That the The ice melted. Well, no, he turned off the because remember that he there's one more zombie out there and he said, I guess I should go kill it. But he gave that speech about I don't want to be come that guy. And she's like, uh, let's just turn the generator off a while. But then they smoked pot. And then they and, fucked and it got so hot fucked. in that bedroom because of the no, fucking I, they're hot. I, I, they forgot. They forgot to turn sweet, the generator back sweet on. Sweet lovemaking <laughs> that it overpowered the freezer. Or they forgot to turn the freezer. They forgot to turn the generator back on. Uh, I mean, but but yeah, sure. either, either of those things could have happened. I mean, that's pretty hot love making. Sure, <laughs> I have no idea. We don't even get to see a, 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 even a small bit of it. No, it was just the you know. It seemed like it, it was going to be good. Yeah, why not? I have no idea. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I don't know. She says she's feeling pretty good, but what does that mean when you're? That's what I'm saying. Like you know, that's whatever. what I'm saying. Like I like. Ah, the this episode, man, this episode like could have been great because like I found myself thinking about that too. Like, this is such a sad situation, and then being in the zombie apocalypse where like you know it's it's already slim kind of hope, but you're like even on it, and and you're still in like any day. Yeah, it's like you know if the sex good or bad. Like it's a day you had sex with your wife, and right, you might this might be the last time. Um, and it's like, that stuff is like really fucking heavy and effective, but like, I felt like the episode kind of got in its own way, um, with some of the, the, like I said, the limbo shit, but yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I was kind of into what I was trying to do, so I didn't really feel like it held it back. Hmm. All right. Um, anyway, Negan, you know, the chemo meds have gone bad because the freezer has failed and Negan packs up and goes to search for a mobile clinic that he heard about. Um, from some passersby, Lucille doesn't want him to go and says that she has something to tell him. And then we flash back seven months earlier before the fall, uh, before the apocalypse. And Negan is in his man cave, kicking some teenage ass in online games. Tell him to get their shitting pants on. (laughs) (laughs) This this is how you get better. Because his ultimate's finally off cooldown and he's about to bring the pain. (laughs) Uh, He just prestige. And he, he's got two new <laughs> weapons. Uh, Lucille goes off on him for buying six hundred dollar uh, motorcycle jacket when he doesn't even have a job. I, I th- th- look. He's an asshole, and this line mm-hmm. is really shitty. But I do mm-hmm. love the way he says, "I threw the receipt away." And then just when she goes, "Ah," he just kind of smirks. Yeah, he's yeah. such a fucking dick in this episode. Yeah. But he takes it for granted good. that she's always going to stick around and be there. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and his wife goes and Lucille talks on the phone to someone. I guess it's Janine, her friend, I suppose. Not I, like a sister. Friend, like, I was like, it's either a best friend or a sister. Which and it's like, more, whichever it? is more beyond the pale that you want to believe this woman put behind her. Um, right. But like, I don't know. I feel like the assault charge and the financial stress and the lost job or fucking her best friend slash sister. Mm-hmm. I didn't think this thing needed both. Like I'm like, Oh, well now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's been taking care of you for seven weeks in the pandemic, honey. No, this yeah. is not made up for shit. You're putting a brave face on it because, but, but, and God bless you for it. But like, I, yeah, I just, it just, it just a little lost me there. Yeah. Especially. Oh my God. Especially when you find out about the, probation officer oh, the meeting God, and, uh, the line, i'm like the, you yeah. motherfucker but yeah talk about that in a second yeah so she's she doesn't want to give up on negan janine's like yeah he's always been an asshole whatever what uh, she's, she's still kind of defending this time him is fucking him that's what's really it's like right? yeah it's like it's a, on the second watch i'm like wow this is not <laughs> everything was connecting it's like yep. yeah your husband you should leave him like to make so I can snatch him up or I no, guess, he's a giant but, piece of shit. He's got I got so little respect for him. It turned into having no respect for you, too. And I, it's it's wild. It's, yeah, it's almost like, well, Janine knows she's been doing this terrible thing to her friend. And if they were to break up, then it would kind of make it OK, because mm. this guy was an asshole and she was just like showing that he's an asshole. And if yeah. she never found out before they broke yeah. up, then what's the big deal? It's. Yeah, this this seems like Janine is also a huge asshole and is just trying to protect herself here or make herself mm-hmm. feel better about what she's doing to Lucille. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's a good analysis. A bad scene. Uh, not not the scene in the show. Just mm-hmm. this whole situation is bad. Uh, yeah. So over dinner, Negan says, "Hey, I can't take you to the doctor for your uh, exam or whatever the results from your tests because you've got a probation meeting." So. Uh, Lucille goes alone to get the news that she has cancer and then she out in the parking lot calls Negan to try and drive her home then she calls Janine and no one's answering and then she calls Negan's probation officer who says what are you talking about I don't have a meeting with this dude for another two weeks whoops oh shit and then she starts flipping back and forth in her phone hmm Janine's not answering Negan's not answering this is good. I, again, it I is. like I like that they're yeah they just let you. This is this is all uh you know uh th- this is all possible now. Like that the way you can tell stories with uh text and cell phones, right? We talk about how yeah. uh, limiting it is because you could generate so much drama from not being a locator, reach somebody twenty years ago. Yeah, but there's also this is kind of cool too, um mm-hmm. because it's that uniquely kind of like the kind of like weird sleuthing you can do and, 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 and make connections. And, and I, I thought it was nice. It was cool. Yeah. Very good. Uh, the other really good thing about this scene, I don't know why I just have a soft spot for this stuff. Um, I'm a sucker for radio broadcasts that are announcing the zombie apocalypse. I love a good and the killers are eating the flesh of their victims. Stay tuned for more at nine o'clock. is that why you like Pontypool so much? Because it's just that essence yes. distilled. It's it's just a DJ <laughs> at the radio station. And like, yeah, a hundred percent. He's got a great fucking voice. That dude. Fucking check out Pontypool. If you, yeah. if you're jaded on zombies and, and you haven't seen it, whew, it's a good one. It's great. 
Uh, but yeah, I, I love that. And, and she totally ignores it, right? She's so in her own headspace here with the cheating she and turns the cancer. It off, yeah. And she's just like, fuck this, give me some music, and then peels out. Yeah. It's a good scene. Lucille waits at home with a gun for Negan to show up. And when he does, she ignores the gun and tells him that she has cancer. What's her plan here? I Well, I, I mean, you know the plan, right? She wants to shoot Negan. She's pissed off. But... Why doesn't she go through with that? I don't know. Because the show. I guess it's the only thing I can think of, because I, I had some I had like a four question marks typed in my note just means like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I can think of is the show is trying to show that she is not a helpless woman. That, you know, okay. she is uh, perfectly capable of making the thunder roll. Uh, as as uh, Garth Brooks would put it, um, so I I I think it's I just went I went on vacation with my sister. She listens to a lot of country music, and I was remarking how many how many fucking straight up murder songs there are. Light night the lights went out in Georgia. Is Thunder that what Rolls. is that what Thunder Rolls is about? I, yeah, I've it's never about a woman listened. waiting up for her man who's been up to no good while a storm <laughs> oh, blows in. She's hoping it's the weather keeping him out of light, but you know she yeah yeah wow it's, it's uh dark it's uh, it's the uh, sleepless nights huh. Thunder rolls and lightning strikes, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and that almost happened to him. So I, I guess it's like trying to say, like, this is a woman who has got resources. She got her own fucking job. She's capable and she could actually murder this man if she wanted to. Um, otherwise, it might you might feel like that she's just like stuck in this abusive relationship and she's gotten Stockholm syndrome with this asshole, I guess, yeah. because it is weird how they just kind of pivot to that. And but also. I admit the contrast between how willing she is to kind of just jump in and do the zombie violence where he's a little bit more squeamish. So they're contrasting their pre and fall uh, and post fall personalities a bit too, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. That, uh, did, did you have anything for, for why, no, I, why they did that? I just legitimately had a big question mark. Um, I mean, other than the fact that like, look, she can't actually shoot him because he's Negan and he goes on to be, savior negan right like there was no way he was ever gonna get shot to death by her but yeah yeah i i don't know i was very confused by that seven months later we're we're starting to flash forward here finally uh lucille tells negan that she knew about janine the whole time and that she's forgiven him and all he has to do is stay here with her and negan refuses he's he's not going to give up yeah, so she, because I thought the way this dialogue was written, um, I couldn't figure, the first, especially the first time through, I'm like, I'm not sure what Lucille is advocating for. Like, you got to go out there and fight for me, like, leave, don't watch me waste away and die, just bail, versus, and I think what she wanted is him to stay with her until she inevitably died, yeah. and then go and fight for him. But, like, the way it was written it was a little bit confusing for me. It worked in emotionally, because, again, yeah. um you know, uh, JDM and uh, Hillary Burton Morgan, the uh, HBM, have a hmm. lot of really good chemistry, and some of this stuff just works just because they, it, it works. But did you find? Yeah. I, I thought it was it was a little hard to follow the first time through. I, I did too, um, and I don't even know that I completely got what "fight for me" means by the end of this episode, even after mm-hmm. two watches, but. Uh, I thought that this is the scene where the episode really started to impress me. Um, yep. Because this is a very emotional scene, right? This is mm-hmm. where, you know, Jeffrey Dean Morgan has been doing his thing as like 
three different guys during this entire time. But this is where the emotion really starts to land for me. Yeah, um, and it's really it, it bookends really nicely with the speech he gives later by the fire where he yes. like this is kind of like writes out the thesis of like, well, fight for me and do that. And him like realizing his life has been a reaction to these moments, but mm-hmm. in like a very toxic and bad way. Yeah, um, it's a shame but you're right. Spiral. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right. This this is where like the bricks of that kind of foundation were, were beginning to be laid because they were just like tripping over themselves and plot and time vortexes up until this point. Yeah, maybe I was a little too caught up in that. Maybe I shouldn't have been. But it's impossible not to notice as much. Right. Like mm-hmm. the, the whole episode is obviously pointing at look what we're doing with these flashbacks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a little distracting, but not too much. Speaking of flashbacks, let's flash forward two or three more days. And the biker, uh, Craven, holding Negan in the pool hall. He's heard enough. It's, it's time to kill Negan, but Negan asks for his map. He circles the place on it and explains the security systems that the clinic has. Guy says, if they're not there, I'm coming back and I'm killing you. Uh, Can I, we talk about the screw turning? We haven't yet. I really wanted to talk about that when we get to Franklin turning the okay, screw. But because, but because this whole time, Negan has been turning a screw on this chair. Yes. It's going to have some weird continuity, Franklin, but fuck me if I know what the hell they were trying to suggest to do with that. <laughs> he's got a screw loose, man. He's got a screw he, loose. There you are. He's got he's to keep he's, turning it. Yeah. He's, he's loosening his own screws. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I did like how, you know, this dude is begging him to shut up because... I mean, Negan, come on. Oh, that yeah, this is totally... the first character that's remarked that he needs to shut the fuck up, but it's the first one maybe that's had, like, power over him. Well, mm-hmm. no, I guess, like, you know, Michonne and Gabriel, people like that have yelled, screamed stuff like that. I'm in his, his, his cell, but, like, yeah. The, yeah, it's the, more the... more just like, <laughs> yeah, he's always been like this, you know? What's funny, like, this guy, like, <laughs> this guy talking trash to teenagers and stuff, but, like, it makes me think of... uh I don't know. It's like like Negan's now the doctor disrespect of the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, he'd make a great streamer. He didn't. He didn't. Oh, he would. He he didn't. He doesn't have like a giant mullet and uh, rainbow shade glass, you know, sunglasses, Oakley's. But he does have, you know, the uh, the the barbed wire bat and the uh, mm-hmm. crazy 50s happy days bullshit. Red scarf thing. I, I don't know. Yeah. they. You know, they used to. When when JDM first showed up, he was a lot more screen accurate. Negan, clean shaven, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they threw that shit out. I think uh, as soon as season set, like uh, as soon as Negan, you know, like after they got past that mid season point, but, as soon as they uh, realized how good JDM looks with some scruff. I wish they'd kept the. I, I like the the scarf though. I wish yeah. they'd kept that a little bit longer. The, the 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 scruff plus the red bandana, I think, is the iconic Negan look. Yeah. Uh, so the bikers return and they let Negan go because apparently all the information was accurate. And we see in the parking lot, uh, Franklin and his daughter barcode being ransacked. He does mm-hmm. say earlier that this is his daughter, right? Yes. Is this a figurative daughter, a literal daughter? I think the the wiki describes her as adoptive. When I think uh-huh. the only reason they're they're going that's because of skin tone. So okay, I'm so not literal. Sure, yeah, daughter. Uh, but but like I think that. He definitely identifies her as her his daughter. Yeah, so. I thought so. Um, they're being their shits being ransacked, and Negan doesn't care. He hurries off with his cancer meds. When he gets home, though, Lucille has I killed herself. I guess she's taking all these pills. She's got a bag on mm-hmm. her head. 
I thought the bag was maybe to keep Negan from getting bit when he inevitably has to try and kill her. I thought he's so, but like so it's, bad at it. It's the way to like make sure you're gonna fucking die of a drug True. overdose, you know. Yeah. Um, I, but yeah, I was like, is, is like she doesn't want him to see her this way, or um, well, she says, also, "Don't leave me this way, right? Don't leave me as a zombie." Right. Yeah, and that was the heartbreaking thing is because you saw that yeah. with the little with the little. Uh, uh, hard on the door and you knew what the fuck was going to happen next um and yep. the episode just kind of stayed with uh jdm and let him process his grief like you know him sitting next to her bed she's chained and it's also like she's chained like just out of his reach so he can sit on the foot of the bed and have like almost like this goodbye and he rips his mask off of her and that's when i'm like oh this really looks a lot like samantha alpha. morton yeah. as alpha like the way she's but also she's a zombie so like again, it's like I was like, man, this is really kind of fucking clever how they're putting a lot more meaning into those earlier scenes where he's seducing Alpha. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's completely 100 percent blowing shit up her ass. Uh, yeah. Sunshine up. <laughs> blow, blow the shit right back <laughs> Why up. Why would you be blowing shit up? Yeah, yeah. That's not what you want to blow up, people. It's it's well supplied, automatic. Um, yeah. Uh, it's 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 and then. <laughs> then you are so beautiful plays. And it's one of yeah. those things where it's like. Uh, we just saw the Suicide Squad and it does this shit a lot, too, where mm-hmm. it, the movie really teeters beyond like ha- uh, on the edge of having you taking it seriously. But like the Suicide Squad's definitely like something you don't take that seriously. This had the opposite problem where it was like, ju- like when that started up, like as this is this fucking show earned this moment. And I'm like, yeah, because like Je- Jeffrey so. D. Morgan's just losing his shit. Yeah. Uh, but if he was anything less than like that convincing of how devastating his loss was, I would yep. probably laugh at the scene. I'm with you. It, it takes an actor of that caliber to get to this place without uh, making it feel unearned. So a lot of confidence in the room to, to do the scene as it was with that sound cue. But it was very, very effective. I, yeah. I found this very like this. I, I very rarely do I get emotional watching The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And when I do, it's usually children involved. This was just a great performance. It really connected with me. It was. Yeah. Got a, got a little smoky in there and it got mm-hmm. real smoky moments later when he decides, OK, I'm going to I'm going to become Negan and I got to kill my wife. Uh, and he, there's a lot of hesitation, but he eventually wraps his bat in barbed wire, puts on his jacket and burns the house with his wife in it. Then he rides away on his motorcycle. The way he busts out of his house like a demon from hell. Um, I felt like. Was. The gear that Mandy wishes it could have gotten to. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, like if they'd have done something like that rather than have like, okay, we're just gonna film Nick Cage doing his Nick Cage thing uh, for two minutes. I, I feel like that movie would have been ten times better. Not, I think Mandy's great. I've I've watched it a couple times now. But um, it, yeah, it's th- there is a sensation I'm feeling in this scene, uh, uh almost a uh, being compelled to cheer for uh-huh. for a guy that I know is is just the worst kind of scum. But like those other guys have it coming, right? I mean, he kind of comes want... by and honestly in this scene, he just takes it way too far. He he does exactly what he said about killing zombies. He's afraid he'll get used to it. Yep. And uh, when when all you got for a tool is a barbed wire baseball bat, the whole world looks like heads that need to be smashed, you know? It's true. Um, so, yeah. yeah, but but he is ju- he this is a this is a 
this is a hero origin story. Yeah. You know, like when he busts out of that f- flaming house um, and kicks the door down and 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 uh, peels out his motorcycle and smashes his own mailbox. Um, it's literally the death of himself and his, him reemerging as this heroic figure. And you want you want to see these guys get the Negan treatment. And it's interesting yeah. to see that, like, from that side, like what Negan looks and sounds like when he's on your side. Mm-hmm. And you can totally see how the saviors would just fall, eat that shit up. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, when someone needs to get got and they've done you dirty and they fucked your medicine and they're now your <laughs> wife's dead. Uh, you want him to stop a muddle on these guys. And he does. For sure. Uh, so the bikers are trying to beat some information out of Franklin about where they keep the good stuff. And Negan returns to this uh, pool hall, biker bar, whatever, uh, starts bashing people with Lucille. And then he shoots a guy, and that distracts the bikers long enough for Franklin to get loose and take down the head biker. And then Negan comes in and tells the guy a story about how he almost killed a guy once and got fired and sued. And when the story's over, Negan kills the guy. All right. Let's talk first things about the fucking screw. Yes. What the hell are they doing with the screw, man? The screw is a metaphor for becoming a zombie. I don't know. I have no fucking idea, man. Like, if if, if Negan wasn't always screwing around, other people would suffer. Like, you yeah. know, like, he his screwing around is has a, a hidden purpose and that it incrementally gets someone else sitting in a chair like... What the f- I I don't understand why they needed to show Negan struggling with the screw. Mm-hmm. Like if they just did Franklin, it's like oh he gets it. That's how he's going to like uh, uh, save himself and just make a distraction for Negan. But like there's this weird kind of like almost like expected one last flashback where Negan's like, hey Doc, if you get I'm going to give your location up under duress, but I just want you to know I've been working on a screw and another couple turns. You could free yourself real easy because they they tie you up the same dumb fuck way to the same dumb fuck chair. Apparently, this whole fucking bar full of chairs. It's always this one. This is their interrogation chair. It's got the shit and the blood and urine on it. They don't want to get it confused. It's I don't know. I don't know what they were going for. It's also a bad chair. It's just a bad fucking chair. I mean, it is. What kind of chair do you pull the, the a single screw out of one of the uh, pegs, I don't, I don't know what is this called. Uh, the spokes of the, the cha- spokes yeah, but, of the chair, and then, and then there's no peg I, holding it into the chair. It's just a screw. Yeah, I've got chairs that are designed that with a sin- single spindle that goes up and down. That's kind of like bracing the rest against, the, I guess, the weight of the back. So mine are like that, except for mine have two. But they They're all offset. had screws. They all had screws, man. But only the one like so they threat the way the way they that's what I'm saying this stupid way they tied this guy <laughs> yeah. up made it a like a single point of vulnerability. He's able to just get it and yeah. dip and then his hands are free. And I wanted to see the, him do a Glenn. I wanted to see him bust out of this fucking chair and use hell. Yeah. Zombie use, bones for you use the chair legs or something. I, I but I. I, like I said, I I can I can I can talk around the Franklin shit. I just don't know why they had they 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 emphasized in two yeah, different flashbacks right. him working on those screws. And if they were gonna go for a metaphor, does it apply equally to both of them? And how? I yeah, they're not like, the same people. Yeah, like if there's there's something like I like. Okay, well we're telling a story of a guy who's doing an act. It's not going to save himself, but it's going to save someone else. So the act is worth doing. But like what? The, there's so many other ways you could. 
approach that metaphorically. Yeah. Uh, Cause I, I, that's what I thought is like, well, they're going some way about him investing in the community that like individual actions are not, but no, they, it's, it's just, I don't know. I don't know why they did it. It's weird. I agree. Uh, then we flash forward another 12 years and Negan uses Lucille for the first time in a long time to kill a Walker and Lucille shatters. It's just, Oh man, the elements talk about exposure. Seals feeling it. Uh, Negan apologizes to his dead wife and his bat for all the mistakes he made and then lays her to rest in the fire. Yeah, I thought that was I mean, this is the word. This whole scene is amazing. Yes. And again, like I had this moment where he's like wrapping the bat in a funeral shroud and like laying it and burning it just like he did to his actual wife. Mm hmm. And I had to ask myself, has this show earned it? And I'm like, yeah, it has. It, 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 in less than an hour, they've got to the yeah. point where they can unironically have Negan giving his dead wife baseball bat a, a fearic funeral, and I'm getting teary-eyed it, about it. The thing is, it's not an hour, right? It's seasons. Uh, like They have, I feel like the entire arc from him being imprisoned, from the you know, slitting of his throat by Rick, to now, those seasons have been building to this and without that like without me wanting Negan to be redeemed without time and distance from all the horrible shit he did to all the people we care about I wouldn't have gotten there with this episode but they yeah they and they did, did a really right. good job of and I don't know like if this is straight from the comics I still haven't read the comics um but like I think they did a really good job of taking things we used to call this on Breaking Bad like it's not that Vince Gilligan planned shit to happen in season five that that he set up in season two. It's more like they're fans of their own show and they always right. saw like jumping parts like, you know what? We can uh, uh, we, we had this weird statue and this one guy's thing and what would and I feel like that they did. There's like, you know, the fact that like Negan's been good with children. Like, why does he's like, why does he get this exceptional facility with children? Well, he was an educator. Yeah. You know, apparently he's passionate about it. He's good at connecting. And it's kind of like that dumb jock kind of like, yo, ball, you know, nut tapper kind of way. Like you could <laughs> right. kind of like they 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 brought a lot of the stuff that we knew about Negan and kind of like Han sold it all together, but not in like an excessively self-referential way. Yeah, yeah. And I was just really impressed. Um again, yeah, like uh the 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 thing is like um the Jeffrey Dean Morgan speech to the bad guy. Where it's like this classic long-winded Negan speech that you've dreaded, um, but now you kind of enjoy because you know this fucker's going to get beat to death at the end of it. Yeah. Um, the 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 Lucille physically splitting the first time she's used for violence after he digs her up like that. Mm -hmm. I thought it was fucking rad. Um, you know him apologizing for everything, and even even in 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 Negan's voice, like you know, I hope wherever you're at in the afterlife, you're fucking your brains out. Yeah. Well, not really, because I'm kind of jealous. But, you know, fair is fair. Like, I, I, it's it's that. And that's the stuff I think I made it work because it was just a straight up like, you know, Emmy speech with all that shit out of it. It wouldn't have felt like Negan. Right. Right. So, yeah, it's a hell of a scene. And I mean, you know, I, I get a little choked up watching it just because it means so much. It, it almost means a lot to fans of this show, too, I think. Like, we're approaching the end of this series, and this is a character that's been with us for a long damn time, and boy, you've been on a journey with him for the last five years? Mm-hmm. 
It's been a long time. It's been a long so, time. I, I mean, to have him to find finally get that episode where you understand him uh, and you can sympathize with him, I think is a big accomplishment. The fact that they didn't fuck this up. I, I don't know what this looks like if Angela Kang's not running the show, if we still yeah. have like Mazera or Gimple <sighs> or somebody running this thing. Like, yeah, these like these just like throwaway bonus episodes. Oh, my God. Right. And, um, and trying to do some inside out flashback flash forward yeah. thing that they, they would have fucked this up so bad and i will say that this isn't flawless like i do think the sure. idea of having his kind of con air moment being a guy talked over his wife's favorite song at his favorite bar is a little bit baseline more unhinged but i guess they're thinking um I don't know what these fucking writers think. Do they think that there's like this? There's like you're born and a person like you're either born. A person's going to punch someone's lights out or you're not. Because mm-hmm. like I feel like almost anyone can be driven to a point where they're going to fuck, fuck, fucking throw hands. Yeah. And if you haven't been in that situation, you've been punched in the face or punched someone in the face. Then like, I don't know, pat yourself on the back for having such a privileged life that you've never had to engage in fucking mortal combat in the real world because you ran across the wrong crazy ass fucking person. But yeah. like, I, I felt like, you know, it's it's always this shit, not like a drunk guy was like trying to hit on my wife. And I said, hey, buddy, take it easy. And he swung on me. It's like, OK, mm-hmm. then, you know, you, you get to get the assault charge because sometimes life isn't fair. But like you understand and how that could like better play into the whole speech he gives where I was like, you know, it turns out no one's keeping score anymore. Now I don't have to like look out for spare. But the way they did it, it was just. I don't know. Negan seems like a loose cannon asshole, but maybe that's what the show thinks that like, well, it takes a guy like that to slip into Neganism. But I think it's scarier to think that any one of us could be Negan. Sure. With the right form of like the the right upbringing, the right time in your life, the right people to surrounding you, the right, you know, tragedy hits you. Um, But I feel like the show thinks that you got to have to be some kind of like seeing red screws loose to, to become that and <laughs> and and i said that if they done that um and or like ch- choosing one of two things like he's just a deadbeat kind of like loser or he's like a little bit violent side but like and or he's a he's a he, and or he's a flander but giving him all three made it seem like because it's not like negan did five years of service to his wife like the show even no, makes it like, it, like seven what is, months oh, was it seven months or weeks probably months i think it was like seven months between when she tells him and when and, and so when she forgives him, I thought that there, but like, I, that's all. So that the show had all that tide working against it, running against its favor, and it still fucking worked. Um, so I will say, if you are like the kind of person who, you know, thinks they could see red and probably beat up somebody in a bar or outside a bar, just all you got to do, don't register your hands as deadly weapons. That's all I'm yes. saying. Just don't go, don't go to the office of deadly weapons and register your hands. It's not worth it. That's like it might be cool when with... you flash the license, but trust me, you get in a fight in a bar and you're going to wish you didn't have that. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be next door to John Malkovich and you got to <laughs> right. hear his shit all the time and it's not going to be fun for yeah, you. Yeah, Cyrus the virus and fucking Steve Buscemi <laughs> trying to handle <laughs> him you. and Bubba and fucking Bubba from Bubba Gump Shrimp. And what are you going to do then? Huh? Right. <laughs> uh, we do have one more scene to talk about, and this yeah. is maybe. I, I don't know what they're doing in this scene. We'll talk about it. Uh, Negan returns to Alexandria. Carol tells him Maggie is definitely going to kill you if you stay here, but at least it won't be on her conscience now. And then as he walks back into Alexandria, Negan like smirks at Maggie. It, it, I don't know if this is meant to be 
a smirk to the audience like hey there's some cool shit coming up because maggie hates negan and negan's back baby is this like i'm supposed to see that smile not think hey he's smiling at maggie he's smiling at me as an audience member saying get ready for season 11 what is it because it doesn't make any sense dude it was because like the whole this whole episode is gearing us up to think that negan has put his past behind him he's really gaining insight in who he is and what his wife really meant to fight for her and now he's going to fight to be a part of this community he's going to like fight to be in that as hard as he did to fight to get to alpha's inner circle he's going to like put his fucking back into it Mm mm-hmm and then Maggie, you know, stares daggers down from the pitcher's bound as he's going around the fucking bases celebrating his win over Carol. And he he gives her a shit eating. I, I don't know. It it was it, it, it walked back a lot of the progress. And to me, a yeah. little bit alarm bells going off that we're going to be we're going to have some meaningless, stupid drama that doesn't really make any sense and is contrary to all the arcs that the characters should be in, mm-hmm. you know. Because one thing Maggie is not is white hot about Negan. I don't believe it. I don't believe that her husband died eight years ago and she's raised this kid and she's been away from this time and her like and she comes back and she's just like like she never left with Negan. I don't know. Maybe I've never had a long time and they've encountered the fucking what do they call them? The Reavers. Yeah. So like I would think she'd be more concerned about them than Negan at this point. Especially if she's got everybody in Alexandria telling him, no, Negan's cool now. And to be fair, I've never seen a person beat the love of my life's brains out right in yeah. front of me while I'm screaming helplessly. So, like, maybe that does stick with you for, for longer. But I just felt like, again, the show dealt with this and it's going to feel a little bit like morgalizing if Maggie, like if, if like a whole season long arc is, is, oh, my God, I want to try to kill Negan. Yeah. Um, so and then Carol, like, I also thought the way. Melissa McBride needs to settle down a bit. Um, she is getting a little, a little too loose and jokey and broad in her Carol performance. Is it is or uh, yeah. like in this start? I mean, this I feel like this is only a COVID break bonus episode thing. Like it started yeah. in that episode with Daryl, right? Where he goes, she's trying to talk about her bionic legs and can kickstart a fucking horse and sure she's just like joking constantly right after some of the most serious shit she's ever done. Yeah. Just improv it. Why not? It was weird. Hey man, we've you. all gotten a little, we've, we've all laxed our standards. Like you're probably, you're wearing pajamas now. Oh fuck. Yeah. Right now. So, yeah. well, so here, here's where we're at. I think she's metaphorically showing up in, in the acting sweats. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like, you know, is this even a real production? There's not, there's only three people here. Right. Including, including the guy behind the camera. And, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> and that's I'm JDM's sorry. kid filming this. So <laughs> you're not fooling me. I'm wearing my sweatpants. Yeah. 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 Uh, we'll see if they can tighten it. Cause like, I, and, and we have feedback to this effect. There's a lot of okay. people not super happy with the bonus episodes and the, the overall direction oh, yeah. the show's gone in the last few. And I, and I'm, I'm willing to, but the, Okay, so I think we should just save all this talk for the feedback section. All right, let's do it. Oh, we're ready to get to the feedback section. Yeah, that's the end of the episode. Okay, well there you go. Um, let's take a quick break and we'll get right to it. We'll open up the mailbag. Hey, we're back with feedback. If you'd like to send us feedback, uh, do so. Watching dead at baldmove.com. and I'm excited because like uh, we're all caught up. Everybody, we're all on the same page now. Starting next week, you know, we're gonna. Well, have, we're not because. Uh, they released the first episode on AMC Plus, 
So season well, one, episode one is out right now. It is. And we like, haven't so, seen he, it. so here is um, what our plan is since we have AMC plus and we can watch this episode a week in advance is that we are going to start releasing our main coverage of the walking dead on Sunday night, like at nine Oh five, as soon as the episode drops officially, we're going to release our full coverage. And then middle of the week, we're going to do a feedback episode. Um, since we can't, you know, obviously we'll be recording it in advance and we, um, it's, it's mm-hmm. crossed our mind that maybe what we should do is watch the thing. Like as soon as it comes out and do like, you know, uh, on AMC plus, and I know some outlets are covering it that way. I saw like decider and, and H or, uh, and IGN are treating it as like, that's the broadcast date and everybody else can catch up a week from now. If, if that's a mistake, we can maybe in the next, uh, third of the season we can adjust but right now i think we're going to release it when everybody gets to see it on on cable or their favorite service and um we'll have a, a midweek episode so it should like if you're ones ones a drop uh, watch wait until it comes out on tv or to release on your cable box or whatever uh, then you will have our full cut co- you can listen to our podcast as soon as you're you're done with the episode so mm-hmm. we're gonna try it that way and we might make adjustments uh, um just in response to how how people are enjoying that that release so uh but yeah next week uh this sunday actually not next week this sunday night you will you'll be able to hear a full take on the uh, season premiere so yeah of season 11 all right first up watching dead at baldmove.com is where you want to send all these takes uh robin hey guys robin from georgia here again i live a little bit more out uh, than an hour outside atlanta in a pretty rural area so regarding Daryl finding a car in the middle of nowhere in the woods, there are lots of places around here where guys work on cars a lot. They drag cards out in the fields when they're get uh, when they're done getting parts off them. Didn't surprise me that Daryl found one and that it appeared to be in the woods. That many years since the apocalypse, the woods would have grown up around the cars in the fields that were away from the houses. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. This, uh, yeah, I guess that's the thing is like in in my because I grew up in a rural area of Indiana, and in my experience, like people that did that usually had like you know, big property, but they may have a lot of money, but they like working on cars. And like you said, they just kind of turned their backyards into big junkyards. And this mm-hmm. seemed like just like cars, not, and then there's somewhat loosely organized. Like usually don't like drag a car and then 50 yards away, there's another car. And then, you know, they're kind of like in some kind of, you know, order, but you know, again, maybe it's a little bit different in, in, in Georgia. Yeah. Um, weird down there. Yeah, well, everybody is like, yeah, we get weird in the city, you get weird in it's just uh, mm-hmm. whatever weirdness you're comfortable with. I'm, I'm one of those day walkers. I'm comfortable in the hollers and in the, the alleyways. Uh, I can, I can r- walk in both worlds. <laughs> anyway, uh, okay. Now we're going to address some uh, criticisms of the show. Let's put it up. We got a short form one and then a longer form. First up is Jake. I think your opinion on this last season and these webisodes, as you called them, are a little maybe biased based on your hiatus. I think the time away helped the wounds left by the show that you were able to take a deep breath before you waded back into the swamp. We, on the other hand, we have never stopped watching. We have decided to hate watch it all the way through to the end. And I can tell you (laughs) the Kang era is no different than the last six seasons. Bullshit. It's still a garbage show with terrible action, acting, plot holes, cheesy dialogue, and unbelievable decision-making by characters. The only interesting character left is Negan, and they are wasting him. It's obvious that the show should have been his since Rick left. They should have based the whole show off him, turning him into a leader and the mistakes he makes along the way. They had this great actor sitting on the sidelines and all these garbage characters wasting our screen time. Princess in a boxcar and Carol cooking rocks and weeds. Shocking. 
I can't believe something that bad was on cable TV. The princess episode seemed like a high school production. Everything about it was bad. Camera work, acting, directing. I can't tell. I don't want to crush these actors too badly. It seems when everyone they bring on is terrible. So it must be something with the direction or production crew. I mean, that's the thing is, especially back in the old days, like a lot of these people have been on much better things. Mm-hmm. Like critically acclaimed actors, uh, and like they didn't forget how to act when they came on the show. It's just they, I, I think they do the best with the material they're given to them. Yeah. Um, Carol stumbling around the kitchen in that montage. I mean, what the hell was that? Was that supposed to be funny? Feel free to bash the show. I hear you all making excuses for webisodes, but you don't need to trust your instincts. Love. I, if your I show. recall, we bashed the hell out of that episode. I yeah, I I think <laughs> look to each their own. Yeah. I think uh, that the Angela Kang era has been much, much better. Oh, 100%. Like, there is a gulf between the, the bullshit, the abject bullshit we were being spoon fed in season seven and eight versus when Kang took over. And seasons nine and 10, I think, have been much better on the whole. Um, yeah. The bonus episodes have largely been shitty. Uh, I will uh-huh. give you that um, with some exceptions. And this Negan one is good. I, I do agree. Like Negan is one of the best characters at this point. Um, especially now that half of our characters we love are gone. And then That's the other one say, like, came back after multiple years gone. And we don't really even know who she is anymore. So like there's a little yeah. bit of last man standing syndrome here, right? A, a little like, bit. Yeah. He's the best character by default. Yeah, for sure. Um, I agree with you there. But I, I think there is a night and day difference in the storytelling. Uh, between Kang and and Gimple. Yeah, I I think it's differences in degree, not necessarily like straight up opinion, because you're you're right. Like when you you're going down the uh, um, the litany of uh, insults, the camera work, acting, directing. uh, You didn't even mention the score. The score has been god awful. Um, Or the music choices. I mean, the score is fine. The music choices, the terrible action, acting, plot holes, cheesy dialogue, unbelievable decision making by like I've seen that and we usually call it out in isolation. But the mm-hmm. one thing they I think that they've done very well is really centered the characters and given them clear cut motivations and, you know, just had them kind of play off each other's natural differences and have them react events. I, I, I just felt like there was night and day difference between that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Michonne did change. He, she softened slowly from season nine to the end of season 10 as far as trusting other people and really getting on the Rick bandwagon, but it was a whole process. It wasn't like one episode. We got to honor Rick's vision. Three episodes later, we have to kill everyone. Three episodes later. I can't believe I killed everyone. This wasn't Rick's vision. We got to live up to Rick's vision. Three episodes later, it's time to butcher chill. Like that was literally the playbook for two and a half fucking (laughs) seasons. The fucking term moralizing based on that. It's, it has been character after character moralizing under Gimple's reign. Yeah, and Angela Kang took over, and that shit hasn't really happened. Characters right. don't flip flop as much. So I want to get because there's a longer form, and I want that maybe we can kind of address point by point. This goes along a lot of similar and has um, s- some other kind of things that I think they have a point with, and we can talk about. Because I, I, yeah, I will say, here's my fear. Here's my deep, dark seated fear for season eleven. That like, because I have inherited a thankless job in my career a time or two where I inherited a department that was ran by a real asshole who fucking didn't hire good people, didn't instill good practices, 
um, you know, did, wasn't a team player, had a whole bunch of people hating the department. And like, sometimes I turn it around. It turns out that guy was just an asshole and he was just fucking up the job every once in a while. What I figured out is that that job made him or her that asshole. Hmm. Yeah. And that like, I have turned into the twisted version because this job has pounded me into that shape. So like, it could be that Kang says like, you know what? I've been sitting here and I've been observing this shit. I'm a fan of the show and I'm going to, but like what happens if like AMC is like, okay, next season, get good, good news, Angela. It's going to be the last season. You're going to be a, a big part of the Rick movies or whatever horseshit future we got cooked up. But, but you got, you got 24 episodes, but here's the thing. We had to pay out Frank Darabont like $500 billion. So <laughs> you're going to have a 12 episode budget for the last 24 episodes. Right. Good luck with that. And it, and it, and ever and there's a lot of hopes riding on it. It's the last season. So like you got to you got to wrap up all this shit and, and come up with something definitive to say. And we've already driven this road way off in the comic book. So we can't get back on that road. So just good. And like, what if she's just like, you know what? Fuck this place. Fuck this place. We tried to keep this thing going in a pandemic. It, I could so believe that happening. And sure. But the what I'm hoping the optimist in me is saying, well, this is all pandemic shit. This was they they yes. wanted to do other things, but everything was shutting down. Everyone was preoccupied. And then they came back and then these webisodes because and I'm hoping that we're going to get back and we're going to have a satisfying conclusion. But I don't know, because e- both of those things are kind of plausible in my mind. Well, I mean, my hope is that AMC wakes the fuck up and goes, oh, shit, this is the last season we have to get this thing right to launch all of our other properties on. We have a lot of eggs in this basket. Right? Yeah. The, the the Walking Dead CU is a very much a thing and they want to keep that alive. So if you want to do that, you got to treat this pr- part of the property right. And you got to give fans conclusion that will make them want to continue on this journey with you. And if you don't, yeah. that could kill the, what you know, whatever kind of goose this is. A, a bronze goose? Yeah. This uh, it point. certainly doesn't seem like a golden goose anymore, but it's, it's definitely but I've not also, nothing. I've also watched... The, you know, AMC Brain Trust shepherd this show from an 18 million right. viewer a week powerhouse to whatever it's languishing now, three to four million people. I think it was struggling to get two million during the the these these webisode episodes. So, yeah, you know, that's always this has always been its golden goose and they have proven to be more than capable of killing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so but I, I hope not. I, I like I said, I'm I'm hoping that the angels win instead of the devils. But uh you know, if Angela Kang decides she doesn't give a fuck because she can't get paid to give more fucks than the people signing the checks, then I could understand that, too. But uh, yeah, let's move on, because it's but this is a this is a fundamentally different situation than every other showrunner switch we've been on where it's like, well, Darabont, you know, but then uh, we got to give this this guy we got to give uh, this guy a chance. And then well, he turns out sucks. But this one guy wrote a good episode and we like <laughs> but he's going to need he's kind of green. He'll need this like we had two, I think really good seasons comparatively. So there's a track record and pedigree and an instant change where it's like, it's not based on us just hoping something would get better. Things have got better, but let's look at Yusuf here. Cause he's got an interesting point too. I've enjoyed your coverage of season nine and 10 immensely, just as I've had your previous seasons. I've enjoyed your coverage of the bonus episodes as well, especially since Aaron has totally upped his Daryl impression game to perfection. It's better than ever. I'm very flattered. Nice. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Let me say that I did did enjoy seasons nine and ten, and I did enjoy them a lot. But the last few episodes of season ten had some of the same kinds of problems season seven B and season eight suffered from. For example, is he, ta- start- he talking about the bonus episodes, right? 
He's talking about the last few episodes of season 10, which include the like lead up to the finale, which we had problems with, too, if you'll recall. Like we're on like a nine or 10 okay. episode run of mediocrity for this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so starting with the like, let's say three episodes, like the three episodes of the the last of season 10 and then the bonus episodes, the, the whisper, Connie getting stuck uh yeah. in the mine carol yeah d- doing her thing arc everything okay. from like probably alpha dying on, uh, on forward um everything uh has suffered for example starting an episode with a plan in motion without telling the viewer what the fuck the plan is then doing a shitty job explaining and or the plan turning out to be so simplistic that didn't warrant the postponing of the reveal such as the music wagon pulling the horde away from the hospital they actually only told us to plan after it had changed because they were originally going to do the wagon trip from Oceanside. And then you get to the nature of the plan itself. Are they trying to tell me that the entire population of Alexandria Hilltop Kingdom and Oceanside hid out on the upper floors of that hospital? And how the hell did they move all these people without a whisper or lookout noticing? I know there's been talk about the pandemic affected shooting schedules and there might have been some changes to accommodate that. But I don't really see how that was anything to do with the silly writing and it, uh, not being a covid symptom. Then came the last hopper when Carol and Lydia somehow led a, a horde of hundreds of walkers to the fall off of a cliff without the loud music attracting them. If it's that, if that's possible, then why do we need the music wagon plan in the first place? All right. I have an in-universe answer for this, and that is that Lydia was trained to be a walker. Mm, herder, she's a, a walker guardian whisperer. herder. Yeah, literally. They they have and it wasn't every whisperer, but they had their elite cadre that were like the shepherds of the guardians and they knew how to influence their movement by the way they walked and all that kind of stuff. So like, gotcha, I guess it begs the question, why not that plan in the beginning or instead of all the ridiculous uh, fucking medieval drilling with swords and shields and shit they did in the beach? Why Lydia didn't have like walker herding? Like imagine if Alexander's went all in on the secrets of walking herding. That would have really been a fr- that would have really been a dick bender for Alpha, wouldn't it? <laughs> right. <laughs> Alpha sends the horde and they just redirect him. Back. Yeah, there's constantly just like it's fucking yin yang shit. Um, but but I think that's what you're supposed to understand is she just had the secrets of of walker navigation. Okay. I mean, we um, ripped we ripped that. Episode and we did rip it one. pretty hard. Yeah. 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 I mean, that whole episode was just befuddling. Uh, and we call it as such. So I'm, I'm with you, Yusuf. Um, on the other hand, I did love how they handed the cult aspect of the whispers, and I enjoyed Aaron's comments on the topic. I specifically enjoyed how they showed how damaging and lasting a cult leader's legacy can be. I mean, Angela Kang is no Lindelof, but she certainly hit the mark on how to handle such a dodgy subject matter. It's a gutsy killing off the season's main villain and only the 12th episode of the season. There is already a huge benefit over previous seasons. They stretched Negan out so yeah. fucking long. They stretched everything out so fucking yeah. long. And uh, maybe you could argue that this was maybe because I think we did that there was a couple episodes of Flab, but yeah, for for most part they they got to the fucking point with that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Beta still felt or felt alpha all around them after her death. And in his mind, he was still receiving orders from her. His, her poisonous ideology was her only deriving force, even more so in her death than her life. I thought it was pretty clever and very true to the nature of cults. Um, however, unlike you and that, I guess that's the thing. It's like the fact that they were saying something about that is pretty different than like Morgan deciding whether he should stick sticks into people mm-hmm. or make goat cheese, you know? Yeah. Like, Big, heady stuff, forming new governments, opposition of cults, all that kind of stuff. 
It says, unlike you guys, I found Negan's transformation to be less than believable, not to be confused with his redemption arc, which I found is handling being handled pretty good. Okay. Uh, Negan was this brutal authoritarian leader. He led through a strong cult of personality presence, a regime of strict rules and gruesome punishments, a leader of like, which we've seen numerous times in our real history. He held hundreds of strong and tough men and women under his command. He organized his army and outpost, had a work for food system in place for the weak ones who cannot be soldiers and basically had quote unquote consenting sex slaves. And he subjugated entire communities to his will and forced them to uh, pay tribute or else. This is what I'm getting at. It's a huge swing to try to transform such a character to the good guy's side. This is not the kind of person who'd see the error of his ways after spending seven years in a prison cell. It's not even the kind of person who'd have some sort of moral awakening or self-reflection. The very least, the show has not shown me enough of what motivated uh, him for his transformation. Uh, what do you think of that commentary? Because I guess I just really strongly disagree with it. Yeah, I want to say like a lot of it. I don't know. I mean, he, he had a lot of time. I think like the death of Carl was a big thing for him. Yep. Um, I mean, if you didn't buy it, you didn't buy it. Like, I guess I did. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Like people are going to see things differently. Right. Well, and it's tough, right? Because like I've seen like, uh, you know, what are you supposed to make like Jamie Lannister, you know? Uh, first time you see him, he's throwing a child that you like and you admire his family out the window to cover the fact that he's fucking his sister. It's so dastardly, right? Mm -hmm. Yet somehow five books and seven seasons, eight seasons later, he's among one of our more beloved characters. Well, why? Well, because, you know, there's there's facets to people, right? And I feel like that, like, again, like, um, I don't know, because like I, I, this email, maybe you're the one of those types of people that think that people like there's like there's people that are capable of things like Negan and there's people that are never, ever capable of things like Negan. Um, and I think there's that's true in the margins. Like there's a certain percentage of society that absolutely is just itching to beat the piss out, you know, to beat people's brains in. And there's another another small percentage of society that wouldn't harm another person even to save their own life or their children's life. Um, but most of us are probably capable of being either depending on how we're molded. And I felt like, again, we're talking seven, eight years of things happening. The relationship he had with Carl, the relationship he has with Judith, the fact that he's seen Alexandria thrive, not from organized sex rationing and brutal punishments, but through mutual aid and support. Like at some point, like you got to like, God damn, in the, in the theory of life, your, te your, your theories have been tested and, and found wanting. I felt like they did a good job. And this episode was like the crowning achievement of that. But and the community kicked his ass, too. Right. I mean, that, that's the other thing. Like if he respects violence and he respects uh, physical power over others, well, he got his ass handed to him. And the only reason he allowed was allowed to live is because the character, the, the community's most beloved and the reliable leader had had enough of killing at that point and the endless cycle of violence that it caused that he just unilaterally said enough. So, like, that's a lot of exceptional events that lined up that can really impact a person, especially long term, you know, like thinking about it and meditating on it and all that. So like I, I thought they did a good job, but people can disagree for sure. That's the thing, yeah. I, I'm like pointing out all these reasons why I think he might have been able to change, uh, even yeah. given his character. But I'm not saying you're wrong about that. I'm just oh, saying not at all. These are the things that make me believe that he could have changed. 
Yeah, like I've been doing this a long time at this point. I've seen like, you know, there's people at the end of uh, Game of Thrones like, fuck Jamie Lannister. You got and there's people that like at the end of Breaking Bad are like fucking Walter White did nothing wrong. Right. Like it's all subjective and it's all depends on, you know, how much we personally know a Walter White or a Negan and our preconceived notions of them and just how well they pulled it off. And I will say, like, none of this was flawless. I'm just surprised that mm-hmm. they were they performed at this level given the, you know, season seven and eight start that they had on it. Yeah. Okay. Finally, the final point, uh, we got some, we got some, uh, walking dead historian, uh, uh business here, uh, that, uh, Yusuf is going to conclude with. He says, let me remind you of a couple of nicknames you've given and then forgotten. For example, Boston awesome. Rob used to be called the Kristen walk, Christopher Walken impersonator in season eight. (laughs) He now has the unique distinction of having been given two different nicknames on the watching dead. Oh, he's the only one we've done that with. Think so. Here's because his thesis is the savior. You nicknamed barcode in season seven and eight for her neck tattoo Mm -hmm. was the one that ratted out Dwight to Negan is now a member of the Alexander council. And you've been mistakenly calling her prison tats during your season 10 coverage. But that was actually your nickname for magnet in season nine. No. I thought so. <laughs> I thought so. And this guy started calling her prison tats. I'm like, I, is this right? Is this the way we've always done it? I don't know. Well, fuck me, I guess. Like, <laughs> come on. Come on. That's an honest mistake. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of prison. We got apparently a lot of prison tat to go around. But uh, I thought she might have been shitty tat girl, too. Yeah. Because we had a lot of shitty ex girls. But that might be on another one. That might be an Oceanside member. I've, True. It, yes, right. this is very fuzzy for me. Yeah, because especially with the two year break that we took, they haven't invested as much in learning these people's names. No, um, I thought season 10, episode 11, the one that ends in the Battle of Hilltop borrowed heavily from Game of Thrones season eight, episode two with Eugene singing over the radio for Stephanie as everyone prepares for battle. The song plays over scenes of their preparations, emotional displays between family members and close friends with an overall sense of the impending doom. Found it very reminiscent of the sequences playing under Podrick's singing of Ginny of Old Stones, which showed similar scenes leading up to the Battle of Winterfell. I'm not saying the Walking Dead version was as effective. I'm just pointing out the improbable inspiration for the scene. Um, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, that's the other thing is, boy, as you get older, you just realize that there's not much new. And like, you know, yeah. it's like the first time you see something is powerful. And then then after that, it's like the best time you've seen something is powerful. And everything else just kind of is like, oh, yeah, I remember when Gladiator was Spartacus and it just wasn't as good or, you know. Right. Uh, it's 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 tough, especially when, like, there's so much comic booky stuff and YA stuff, which tends to be already yes. one Very cycle samey. of cultural laundry machine, laundry machine. Like a lot of comic book plots are just dumbed down Shakespeare shit. Sure. Uh, you know, and and the same thing with like kids cartoons. I mean, and my so, God, the hero's journey. How many fucking times do we have to yeah. see that in a while? Oh, yeah. thing? Oh, because and that's the thing. It's like, you know, when you're dealing with like baby's first dramatic fiction, they don't know any. They don't have any foundation. No. You just fucking blow their mind with yeah. these basic concepts. The so. same way it blew my mind when I saw Star Wars. It's blowing your mind when you see Hunger Games or fucking. Yeah, right. I don't Garden, know. Harry Potter yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's it's it, you see this stuff all of and like man, especially like it's really interesting to see like in this very specific genre of like ultra violent superhero shit, like the boys influencing Invincible, which influences Suicide Squad, which influences Deadpool, which is influencing 
like it's really wild to see these things like hyper like uh iterate through all these different like action scenes and plot points and like how do you how do you motivate an anti-hero or a villain and they're all kind of coming up with the same it's we're in this weird like pop culture petri dish right now where so much of the same kind of stuff is being made because you know this shit didn't really happen uh 20 plus years ago right It, it wasn't like well okay, the hot thing right now is Jaws. And so, like, there are going to be 15 high-budget blockbuster movies about sharks. There would be low-budget shit on the blockbuster rack. Piranha, Orca. And, like, you knew that it wasn't... And it wouldn't iterate or invent anything new. It would just be, like, cash-ins. Yes. This stuff is, like, they're doing it at pretty high levels, right? Everybody is feeding off of everybody else, and it's just creating this very fast turnaround of innovation in yeah. the, these particular genres that we're all about right now. It's like superheroes. Sci-fi is getting that way. Um, yeah. Th- there's a, been a resurgence of that, which I'm happy for. Oh but, yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's wild out there. I'm, I'm and, and then you're we... seeing all the other stuff like kind of floundering, right? Nobody's making great prestige dramas right now. I mean, mm-hmm. they are, but they're very few and far between compared to, they're so past. fragmented from where they were just a, a couple of years ago. And maybe that will yeah. like, I, I think eventually that'll correct. But like, there's just so much like weird shit being made that I'm kind of delighted in. Yeah. Um, and there's so many like talented showrunners getting their, their, their shot that like, it's just building this huge stable of creative people. And I think eventually um, I, I do, I do worry sometimes that we're headed for like, we're just a couple of bad quarters of superhero and Dune movies away yeah. from like everyone be like, ah, oh, people hate science fiction again. Ah, oh, fuck, get it all off the air. But like, sure. I'm really enjoying the shit out of having like the expanse for all mankind. We're about to start foundation. Yeah. Like no jokes, serious science fiction shit. Um, that stuff is just like that I, amazing. It's, and do, it's yeah, getting, getting made again. All this stuff is so cool. And then on the fantasy side, you got uh, Lord Dude. of the Rings coming. You've got, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, what's the other? Um, you got Game of Thrones coming mm-hmm. back with House of Blood. Yeah. There's so much cool shit. Billions of dollars being spent on it. And yeah, um, I, I hope Hollywood never thinks that like people are tired of science fiction and fantasy. They were only ever tired of the lazy cash ins. Oh, so. fucking speaking of cash ins. We got to talk about Amazon pulling out of New Zealand. I, I want to find a place to talk about that because God, yeah. those mother mm. maybe OTC. We'll have to do yeah. it off the clock because you're right. I and I'm like <sighs> my opening salvo in that argument is like so much of fandom is about goodwill and uh-huh. respecting your ancestors. Even if you're you know you got to pay lip service to the greats and like yeah, this is heresy. This is heresy Dude. to the Lord of the Rings fandom. Middle Earth is New Zealand. New Zealand right. is Middle Earth. All right, All right. shut right. it down. We'll talk yeah, about yeah. it later. But yeah, I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, if nothing else, the preview podcast for Amazon Lord of the Rings because right. good lord, what a what a fucking scandal. It sure is. Anyway, uh, watching Dead at BaldMove.com. If you got some opinions on Negan, uh, the Kang era, your hopes and fears for season eleven, how you hope things will, will what whatever, whatever you want to talk about, we're here for you. Watching Dead at BallMove.com. We'll be back Sunday night, right around 9 p.m. Eastern, to drop the same time the on-air premiere of the season 11 premiere drops. Jesus, right. that was a necessarily complicated way to describe that. This Sunday night at 9, we'll have full coverage of the new Walking Dead episode whenever you get around to watching it. We'll be back middle of the week, thereabouts, with a feedback episode, and we'll just repeat that throughout this season. 
I hope you, you know, it seems like you will join us into the new stuff. You've, you've got this point slogging through the old stuff, uh, but uh, we just got a couple days, just a couple days until we have new Walking Dead. Watching Dead BaldMove.com. Follow us on Twitter at BaldMove. Uh, we'll see you next week or this weekend. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. See ya.